One of my desires as a pastor is that each and every one of us would walk in God's power and plan for your life right now. God doesn't live in time and space. God is eternal. Everything in God's world is now. He doesn't have yesterday. He doesn't have tomorrow. He only has now. He sees everything. He's the beginning and the end. What does that look like in our life? This is The Now Principle with Pastor Chris Gleason, lead pastor of Revolution of Foursquare Church that meets in Harvard Square, Cambridge, Mass. Join us today as we step into The Now Principle with Pastor Chris, where we ask the question, what will you let God do right now? Isaiah 42, 13 says, The Lord will march out like a mighty man, like a warrior. He will stir up his zeal with a shout. He will raise the battle cry and will triumph over his enemies. You're like, whoa, that's talking about God. Whoa, God's kind of violent, man. What are you talking about? What about the gentle, mild, meek Jesus? Who went into the temple and overturned the tables of the money changers and picked up a whip and chased him out. See, understand that when I feel I have to protect myself, that's my deal. But when I'm standing in the things of God, see, that's what it says in Ephesians 6, when you've done everything, stand. Stand your ground. But you've got to have ground to stand on. Some of us, we don't even know what that would mean. We don't even know what that would mean. There is absolutely nothing in this life you would stand for, you would die for. Think about that for a minute. Is there anything you would actually die for? Because that's what God calls us to. Paul says that. To live is Christ, to die is gain. If it costs me everything, so what? One-way ticket to be with Jesus. And I'm not saying we're, you know, we got a death wish, but I'm saying, can we stand on something? I remember hearing something when I was a kid that it used to really bother me. Somebody said, if you were arrested for being a Christian, would there be enough evidence to convict you? It's like, ooh, ooh, I'm not sure. I remember hearing back in the day, when it was during the Cold War and, and it was illegal to be a Christian in Russia, and where there was a, a meeting, it was an underground meeting where a church was taking place, and these men came in with machine guns, and they said, okay, whoever is a Christian, stay here, whoever's not, leave. And basically they were saying, you know, if you're, if you're a Christian, get ready to die. And so there was about half the people in the room, they, like, they left. And then the guys put down the guns and said, okay, now we can have church. Because they understood these are people that they're willing to give their life for who Christ is. Now, most of us will probably not ever have to make that choice. But is there anything in our life? Do we, maybe it means we lose our reputation. Someone won't think we're cool. There's a guy that was at our church in California that this guy came in and he's, he's a big kind of burly guy. He's about, about my height, but 
probably almost two of me. And, you know, and you could just tell kind of when you talk to him. I mean, he was, he was a bit of a brawler. You know, as I got to know Jamie, came to find out, yeah, in college, man, he would just drop of a hat. He was, you know, he was, he was, anybody called him a name or whatever, he was thrown down with him. And he was, he was always standing up for somebody, too. If somebody was being beat up, man, he would go in there and, you know, defend them. And so he comes to Jesus. He's a bit rough around the edges. Okay, he's a lot rough around the edges. And, and he, he's kind of, he was, he was one of these guys every Sunday, he would raise his hand and he'd get saved. And I was like, that's okay. You know, one of these days, it, it, you know, he, it'll stick, right? <laughs> but a great guy. And I got to know him. And, and after probably a couple of years, he calls me one day and he says, you know, Chris, I, I had this dream. And he goes, I, I think I'm supposed to beat people up for Jesus. <laughs> I'm like, what are you talking about? He says, well, you know, I think when people are, you know, things are being done wrong to them and stuff that I'm supposed to stand up and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm capable. It doesn't work. I can take some hits, man. I, I'll, I'll take them out. And I said, well, Jamie, I hear that, but I, but I think we're not talking about a physical battle. I think what the Lord is trying to tell you is he's calling you to do what you did in the flesh to do it in the spirit. He's calling you to stand up for people in the spirit and to defend people that can't defend themselves. And, and this, was, this was probably, gosh, this, that, that conversation was two and a half probably years ago. He called me about six months ago. And he said, he said, Chris, I get it. I get it. I'm not supposed to beat people up. <laughs> I go, yeah, no, you're not supposed to beat people up. And we went into this whole conversation. But, but it's like all of a sudden he understood that he was called to be a, a warrior, to be a soldier in God's army. And he wasn't going to fight the same way he fought before. In fact, sometimes it was going to mean he might have to take a hit. It might mean that he'd have to actually let somebody dog him out and do nothing. That he understood it was bigger than that. Because everything he did before was about him proving how tough he was. We're in a war. And believe it or not, you and I have been recruited as soldiers. It's imperative that we both realize that and we're prepared for it. There is not a soldier anywhere in the world that would go into battle not dressed with whatever they need for that battle. They would make sure that their weapons are clean and loaded and they're prepared for whatever they face. Yet, many of us are kind of walking around in this battle and we're not dressed for battle, we're not ready for battle, If we even got our weapons, they're certainly not claimed and they're certainly not loaded and we're not ready. So many times we get taken out because we don't believe the enemy is really wanting to destroy us. Again, we live in a world and a culture here that wants to make everything this philosophical conversation. If I can't see it, I can't touch it, then it's not real. Or, okay, I understand this spiritual idea, you know, that there's, yeah, there's a spirit somewhere, but it's this ethereal thing that doesn't have any reality to it. And so many times we're either oblivious or dismissive. And so we're not ready. See, the thing about people who find themselves in a battle and they, they don't want to believe it, they're not very hard to take out. 
In fact, probably all you have to do is just wave a gun in front of their face and, ah, I'm done. And that's a lot of times what the enemy does to us. He throws stuff at us. It's not even tough. It's not even a big deal. Who are you? You're a nobody. You're right, I'm nobody. You got nothing. I'm just going to take you out. Yeah, yeah, you're just going to take me out. See, that's one of the reasons why it says we take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, that we would know and understand that when the enemy throws lies at us, what do you do? You throw a truth at him. No, I am a son. I am a daughter of the living God. I am a royal priest. I am set aside. I am more than a conqueror that I begin to spit back what God's word says about me. I'm going to stop here in just a minute for today. And I haven't even got into the like meat of the message. I wanted to show this clip. Now, I, the last time I did this it was an old movie. And like I said, how many of you ever saw this? And there was like one person. So I realized that that could happen again. I think this was a little more of a popular movie. But hey, I wanted to show the clip. But as we looked at the clip... It's like there was a lot of language in the clip. I thought, okay, can't do that. So, but how many of you have seen Top Gun? Okay, a few more of you have at least seen Top Gun. Well, Top Gun is about, it's Tom Cruise. It was one of his early movies. And he is one of the Top Guns or the uh, fighter pilots in uh, the Navy. And, and he's, he's like one of the top dogs. Well, he goes through this whole thing. He ends up having to bail out of his... Uh, uh, Jet and his partner, who was like his close buddy, ends up dying in the mix of it. And so he gets into his movies and he gets thrown into a live situation where they're chasing down these MiGs and he's got one locked in and, and he can't engage because he's freaking out. He's, fra- he's afraid of what will happen. And in this scene, they keep talking to him. His, 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 name, his flight name was Maverick. And they kept saying, Maverick, engage, Maverick, engage, Maverick, engage. In other words, he's got this other MiG in his sights. He's got it locked in, but he hasn't engaged it to actually take it out. And the scene goes on. He's like, I can't, I can't. And they keep coming. They say, Maverick, Maverick, engage, Maverick, engage. And he like turns around and he goes to fly away. And they're all like, Man, we thought he was ready. But then something clicks in him when he realizes, this is what I'm called to do. This is who I am. And all of a sudden he shifts it around and then he goes after it. And and then he does, he engages it and takes it out. And why I wanted to show that scene was because I believe God says that to every one of you. Engage. Engage engage. And I think many of us are going, engage in what? Or are we just saying, that's just not me. Sorry, God. Uh, that's not me. God wants you to hear. He wants you to know that he's saying, engage. Engage in the battle. One of the things that I didn't even get a chance to get into it, but we will next week, is engage in the battle through prayer and fasting. This is where it starts. How many of you find it easy to pray and to fast? 
Okay, one person. Congratulations, man. I think for most of us, it's a challenge. Same thing. You know, like we procrastinate about that. Someday I'm going to fast. Someday I'm going to pray. Why? Well, there's a couple reasons. It's antithetical to our flesh. And the enemy doesn't want us to do it because he knows it's where the power lies. We don't have time to go there, but just real quickly, talking in, uh, where is it, Matthew 4. This is right at the beginning of Jesus' ministry. He's been baptized by John the Baptist. The Holy Spirit comes down. God speaks and says, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. His very next act is he goes out into the desert, the wilderness, for 40 days and 40 nights he fasts. Now, I used to not have any context for that. A couple years ago, we actually did a long fast, and I fasted for 40 days. I'd never fasted for more than like three or four days, and, and we fasted for 40 days. I lost, I think, 30 pounds. It was, a, it was an interesting experience. But man, I was like, wow, I was not feeling like really strong in my body but I felt strong in my spirit. And see, at the end of 40 days, Jesus has not had, he's not only had not anything to eat, he's not anything to drink. Now they would tell you that's physically impossible, that you can't go 40 days without something to drink. But Jesus did. And so he is physically weak. And Satan shows up. Now let me tell you, we talk about Satan as if he's like God and he can be in more place than once, but he can't. There's only one Satan, he can only be in one place. And by the way, none of us will ever meet him. We're not big enough. He doesn't really care about us. He's got lots of minions that come after us. So, but this is, the, this, is, this is the devil. He comes up to Jesus and he begins to tempt him. Now imagine 40 days and 40 nights. He hasn't had a thing to eat, hasn't had a thing to drink. I mean, he's weak. I mean, how many times you just go like all day and you don't eat and you're like, man, I'm just like done. And the devil himself comes and begins to tempt Jesus. But what do you see? And when Satan comes at him, Jesus is like, wham! The word of God says! Satan comes at him and he's like, wham! Three times Satan tries to come at him, man. Jesus just like, he just slaps him. And it says, then Satan leaves. This is where our strength, our power lies, and it's why it's so terribly difficult for us to do. But God wants to challenge us. How many of you have ever decided to start working out in whatever capacity and, and you were really excited after the first day working out, just going, yes. No, you're kind of going, dude, I mean, did anything really change? You know, the next day, two days later, you can barely get out of bed. You're like, oh, what have I done? No, it's the consistency. It's when you continue to work out, when you continue to do what you know will do you well, that all of a sudden you begin to see the benefits. It's the same thing in our spirit. We have to make a decision to say, I'm going to make a commitment. I'm going to choose to deny myself and honor my spirit. Because the Bible's real clear, you can't do both. Either we do things that honor our, our flesh... Or we do things that honor our spirit. Now again, some of the things in our flesh are fine. But we do far more to honor our flesh than our spirit. This is where our strength comes from. I want to encourage you. I want to challenge you that, that we're, we, we went on. Some of you are here. is about a year and a half ago. We felt God had called us to go on a long fast. 
Uh, my wife and I, we felt we were supposed to do a 40-day fast. The church, we did a 21-day fast. And, and it was powerful. I mean, it was also, at, at, after the fast, it was like all hell broke loose. I mean, literally. Because that's part of what happens is we're, we're, we're dealing with stuff. When 2 Corinthians chapter 10 there says that we can demolish every argument, taking down every stronghold. This is one of the places where it happens when we're focused in prayer and fasting. So we've been praying about that and feeling for a while that we were supposed to. So we're going to, starting next Sunday, we're going to do a 21-day fast. Now, understand, I'm not asking all of you to go 21 days without eating. If God asks you to do that, then by all means do. But one of the things we have, I don't know if we, I'm going to, we're going to hand these out just so you can take home with you. You're not going to read it right now, but it's just some, it's just some fasting guidelines that this is what I want to leave you with today. Maybe, uh, Corey, could you grab some of those and, and help hand those out? Thanks. Um, is the idea of fasting is to put your flesh to death, to deny your flesh. So I want you to pray and say, God, what would that look like? There have been times where I've fasted from caffeine. Now, for some of you, you know, you know it's a drug because if you go a day without caffeine, you got a serious headache. I get that. Been there, done that. Maybe it's media. Maybe the idea of living without Facebook would just seem absurd. But it's choosing and saying, I'm going to deny myself something that I would do to honor my spirit and focus that on the things of God. Talks about other things you can do, like a Daniel fast, which is fruits and vegetables. Maybe you choose to fast one meal every day. And see, it's not just choosing to deny something, it's saying, but in that place, I'm going to put things to benefit my spirit. I'm going to begin to pray. I'm going to begin to read the word. I'm going to begin to encourage brothers and sisters. Because there's something that God wants to happen in us to strengthen us. Paul says, I pray that you would be strengthened in your inner being, your core. I mean, when you work out, that's why you do sit-ups and you crunches. Because he said everything, doesn't matter what you do, it's about your core. Well, let me tell you what, it's the same thing in your spiritual life. It's about your core, it's about your inner strength. And this is what feeds it. This is what strengthens it. One of the other things we're going to ask you to do is to pray. And one of the ways we'd like you to do that is to consider taking a, an hour a day. And I know some of you go, whoa, an hour, that's a long time. Okay, if you can't do an hour, 30 minutes. That you would commit for 21 days to pray. We'll give you prayer points. We'll give you ways to pray, things to pray about, scriptures to pray through. But that you would say, whatever, maybe at you know 6 a.m., Every day for the next 21 days, I'm going to pray. Now, I get that. That's a pretty big commitment. I get that. We're not here to make you feel guilty if something doesn't happen. That's not it. But it's say to challenge us to go deeper, to dig deeper, to go deeper than you've ever gone before. So maybe you say, well, you know, I've done that before. I've fasted this. I've fasted that. Well, then do something that will stretch you, that will challenge you, that you need Jesus to give you the strength to be able to do it. Because 
when God begins to do that in us individually and corporately, we're going to see our core, our spiritual core, begin to be strengthened. Because I believe that the battle that rages here, God is knocking stuff down. And the only way we'll see it really take place is we got to get serious. And for some of us, it means we got to go into basic training. And let me tell you, folks, this is basic training. Hear, listen, and obey. Begin to pray, begin to fast, begin to engage in the things that God has for our spirit. Part of me is really excited. And part of me is a little bit scared. Because I do know two things. I do know that if we take God serious, we take his word serious and we go after him, that we'll find him. We'll come to understand more of him. We'll begin to see him work in our life in ways that he hasn't before, deeper ways, bigger ways. But I also know that all hell will break loose in your life. And that's why we have to be prepared. That's why we have to remember we're not in it alone, that we stand together. It says one one puts to flight a thousand, two put to flight ten thousand. I'm going to stop there for right now. If you want to close your eyes and bow your heads, I want to pray. You know, one of the things is we're talking about this. I mean, we can have all kinds of illustrations, all kinds of analogies of what it looks like to engage or disengage. We know when we engage in a conversation or when we disengage. We know when we engage with, with God through Christ and when we disengage. But I, I wonder today, maybe there's someone that's here like Jamie was, that he's like, I know I need something in my life. There's something that's not right. And I need Jesus. I've not really engaged in my spirit with what Christ has done. One of the things it says in the Bible is now is the day unto salvation. There's no better time than now. There's no better place than here. Would there be anyone that would raise their hand today and say, Chris, that's me. I want to make that decision. I want to ask Christ. I want to engage God through Christ and what he has done for me. Is there anyone today? You'd say, yes. I need Jesus today. Lord God. Lord, I, I know there's probably a lot about this message that for some, it stirs them up and they get excited. For others, it frightens them. But Lord, you don't come to bring fear. Fear is not from you. Lord says you've come to give us a spirit of love, power, and a sound mind. And so Lord, I pray right now, God, that as we choose to not procrastinate any longer about the things of God, but to say now, now's the time to engage Now's the time to pray. Now's the time to fast. Now's the time to seek you. Now's the time to live for you.
that you would open our eyes that we could see, you'd open our ears that we could hear, that we would be tuned and we would see, we'd be alert to the devil who's like a roaring lion roaming around seeking whom he can devour. And Lord, that we would be strengthened in our inner being by the power of Jesus Christ. And God, that as we choose to come together to deny our flesh, to honor our spirit, that we will see you move. God, that doesn't mean we get out of the battle. It means we engage in the battle. It doesn't mean in some ways it gets easier. In some ways it gets harder. But we begin to fight for the things that matter, the things of eternity. Be with us, God. Go before us. We pray it in your name, Jesus. Amen. You've been listening to The Now Principle with Pastor Chris Gleason, the radio ministry of Revolution Church, where we are committed to being grounded in His Word and empowered by His Spirit. We invite you to visit us on Sundays at 1030 a.m. We meet at Leslie University's Brattle Campus in the Washburn Lounge, located at 10 Phillips Place, Cambridge, Mass. If you would like prayer or more information, call 617-441-0777 or visit hearlistenobey.com. This is a listener-supported program, and if you would like to partner with us, we invite you to go to hearlistenobey.com as we stand for God's Word and God's Spirit in Harvard Square. Hi, this is Pastor Chris from Revolution Church. Thank you for listening to The Now Principle. We would like to personally invite you to join us for Easter service at 10.30 a.m. We meet at 10 Phillips Place in the Washburn Lounge on Leslie University's Brattle Campus. Go to hearlistenobey.com for more information. We hope to see you soon.